Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, this podcast is with uh, Elise Hodges. She is a nutritionist and my sister. Um, much respect for what she does as well. Uh, we kind of get into a lot of what, how she does it, why she does it, um, how she got into this field. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. Um, and we even talked about how she helped me with uh, when I got COVID. Um, she this <laughs> these concoction of vitamins and minerals. Uh, some teas, uh, some really cool things. And the next day, I felt better. Pretty crazy. Um, helped me through COVID. So, uh, a lot of a lot of cool things in the podcast. Uh, hope you all enjoy. Okay. And we're live. All right. Uh, make sure you can get close to that mic. Okay. You want to be at least a fist. I I was struggling with it too when I was uh, podcasting with Zach. He's like he's got a great podcast voice. And I caught myself talking like way out here and ugh, it was just dumb. So anyways, here we go. We got Elise. Elise Hodge is my sister. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why, why did I invite you on here? We talked a little bit about that already, but. Um, I am a nutritionist, um, certified in um, holistic nutrition. And um, I just want to maybe start with my story and where that, how I became that. Sure. Because you, um, you you didn't want to always do nutrition, right? Yeah, I didn't. Um, it really came about about five years ago. Um, whenever I just got really sick for about a year, I was pretty sick kind of off and on. Kind of ignored a lot of the symptoms but that what, I had. What, what were you sick with? Um, ulcerative colitis. And you didn't know that at the beginning, I did though, right? not. There was a lot of digestive issues. Nothing. All right, so back up. Um, you're breezing over, I think, a lot. Okay. <laughs> so, I was kind of just summarizing. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't summarize here. We have a lot of time, so okay. we're just gonna chit chat. Um, the very beginning, um, you were nor- you were normal for a long time. I mean, our family has had a, had a lot of health issues, but it's been typically like the occasional allergy for the most part. And you know, Taylor has my, our brother has type. He's a type one diabetic. Um, but for the most part, we've all been fairly healthy. And then up until roughly five years ago, you started feeling what? Like what What started happening that you that kind of made you like, hmm, this is just not normal. And then what made you go to see a doctor that very first time? Well, I tend to kind of ignore a lot of the issues. Like I'll have slight pain in my stomach, but I, I use it more of like a private person, I guess. So I didn't really uh, talk about it. And that's kind of what got me, I think. I think there was... The pain became steadily worse. Um, symptoms like, you know, like irritable bowel syndrome, that kind of thing. IBS stuff. Uh, people are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Most people are. And um, Which a lot of uh, uh, people who have IBS apparently have like a lot of mental health issues too. Like anxiety and depression. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Did, I, you, did you deal with any of that? Yeah. I notice even now whenever I fall into... Um, like a flare up, I'll have like a little bit about of like depression and just be like, I don't know where it's coming from. Are your ears, a lot of the time. Are, your, are your ears clogged? Cause if, on mine, if it sounds like you're shouting, but I could be, I could be wrong. You sound like I'm what? Shouting. Oh, it, really? it sounds like, yeah. You, I wonder if your ears are a little off. Let me, oh. I'm going to adjust, I'm going to okay. adjust something real okay. quick. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Is that I, better? I can adjust that later too. And you don't have to like, if you, if you get a little more on the mic and just talk like normal. You don't necessarily have to like shout. If you're if you're on the mic, you just you know talk like you're talking to me right next to me. Okay, I don't feel like I'm shouting. That's why. Uh, honestly, it could be my headphones. Who knows? Okay, <laughs> but I'm sorry. But today you're feeling more. 
Um, yes. So now I'm after the flare up that when I've had flare ups Mm -hmm. now, um, I feel, yeah, pretty, uh, just like I'll feel heavier, just like some, some bouts of depression Mm -hmm. and just, it's kind of at random. It's not super like, um, it's it's nothing to do with really life. And I can tell it's just like, I put it back to my stomach to the gut and, um, so yeah, just back to from from day one. From you, day one, yeah. You're having issues with your belly, with probably digestive. You're probably having some even uh, lower issues, right? Just even the color of your stool, anything like that. Was it super yeah, weird? Yeah, it was. Um, I had blood in the stool. Yeah. Um, it would just kind of go in and out of diarrhea to not and um for no reason. Yeah, for no reason. And it was... And that's pretty easy to, to ignore because it's like, oh, I'm just having some poop problems. <laughs> like, no problem with that. Yeah. And there's just like a slight pain, but it was always pretty focused down like uh, towards my colon. I could tell that. Like lower left? Lower, yeah. Um, so it was kind of a like a process. I didn't like didn't tell anybody for like a year. And um, and then finally, we, we like I went to overseas to Nicaragua and... Um, I was kind of having like understanding a little bit more of how like the stomach and connected and like to my food, um, kind of more on my own. But then why'd you go to Nicaragua? Um, it was on a mission trip. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, I got a couple vaccines for that, which also might've been a trigger possibly to, um, all of this also. But with um, your, with your trip to Nicaragua, what, what was so special about that? Like why, why bring up Nicaragua when in this, in this context, like, so like with, with your, uh, digestive issues that you're, that you're just now realizing you're having, you go to Nicaragua, did that help or hurt you? Did like seeing the meals that you're, that you had there, um, the culture's a lot different. I mean, uh, it's just, it's, it's just a lot different. Right. So, so how, how did that impact what was going on? Yeah, I think the food there was less processed. So, so it helped you? Yeah, I would oh, okay. say so, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, they, it helped a lot, I think. But I, I still, like, when I came back, um, I had, I still had a lot of issues. So it was, it didn't fix everything. I think food doesn't fix it all. Um, it's a, It plays a huge role, but it doesn't fix everything. So I, I came back and... Um, I th- after after a few so it was like I was 16 and then I did never got I told people about what the issues I was having and um but then when I was like 18 about a couple years later I finally was diagnosed and it would, it all just kind of came out like I was ha- I had issues like you know nothing was coming out but blood basically oh, wow. and so what else is going on like was, so so you you went to the doctor at first at year one or not no uh yeah year one yes. what did he, what did the doctor say um, they were just kind of, well, actually it was after, yeah, yeah, they didn't, they didn't really say a whole lot. Like, um, I don't think they diagnosed me with anything yet because it wasn't, uh, serious, serious yet. I think I'm trying to remember now, but, okay. um, so they pretty much said, all right, let's just watch it for a little while. Go home. If anything changes, if this, they probably gave you a criteria, right? If, if this changes or if this happens, come back and see us. Right. Yeah. But I think the, the big marker was. When I was 18 and it, it all just like came flooding out. Um, like lots of blood? Yeah. Like and toilet bowls full of blood? Yes. Or really? Yes. And there, and you think that was from the IBS or the col- uh, colitis? Yeah. I think it it just like is a gradual increase. It can turn into uh, like IBS can turn into colitis. 
things like that. Um, like it can start off with just being um, SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. You can start mm. with that, and what, then it can move that? on from that. I've actually never heard of that. Um, it's just uh, bacteria. It can it can be like um, like candida if you've ever heard of that. Nope. Um, just a, a, a bad bacteria. So you have good bacteria mm-hmm. and then you have the bad and it was just the bad bacteria taking over the good and, um, hmm. and then it, it colonizes the small intestine and then anything that comes in, like any food, any nutrients that you're having that it just sucks it all up. And so you aren't able to actually, wow. um, absorb nutrients that you need. So I think is that, that is that kind of like leaky bowel syndrome or do you, or it's along the same lines. Yeah. It, there's a lots of different forms, but they, Normally, all kind of wrap up into the source of it, which is not enough good bacteria. Hmm. So, all right. So, back to the timeline. <laughs> um, at eighteen, major issues are happening. You go back into the see the doctor because you're you're basically just have toilet bowls full of blood. How much? How much of blood do you think you lost at that point in time? I was really anemic. I don't know. I think like it was happening for a long period of time for probably like a month that I was losing like significant amounts bullet toilet uh toilet bowls full so um i lost like 20 pounds in like a month um but i was still like eating what did you get down to um it was like like my weight Uh like 120 ish what do you normally run like 130 (laughs) um 135 at that at that moment i think i was more um but now i'm like 130 but um i mean that 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 plays a role because somebody who you know, is a little bit bigger and loses 20 pounds. It's, yeah. It's not, yeah, like that's still, that's something to be concerned about. Yeah. But if you're 100 pounds and then you lose 20 pounds and you're 80 pounds, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, so that's what, that's what I was asking. Yeah. It's, uh, I could definitely tell, like if I came, if I went to that weight now, I, I would be very weak and, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be good. So, um, because when you eat food and you exercise, you know, you build muscle and I just like lost all of that muscle and just i lost everything i just i felt like very weak but it was just part of the anemia anemia i in the that month that i was dealing with it um and i hadn't gone to the doctor yet when it got really bad for like a month um i was using things like essential oils i was ingesting them oh no <laughs> and i was also um eating like barely anything but everything would make me hurt it was well, just certain- so the essential oil thing that that's interesting you say that because I was doing a lot of research on that actually today on essential oils and the controversy behind it and like how some people think like you need to do everything about essential oils. Like you need to ingest it. You need to have it going 24 seven. Um, but it, again, like I'm sure there's a, so, I mean like essential oils have helped me on some things, lavender, peppermint, those type of things, like just a quick whiff and, or, uh, put it in a humidifier Helps us sleep, helps you know, help me not be so congested. But these people are saying, wow, there's a whole culture out there that that <clears throat> use essential oils in everything. And I think the the issue here, there, there's never like I was talking to one of my other podcasts, there was there's never a silver lining. There's never or silver bullet, I'm sorry. There's never one bullet that's gonna kill it all. Right. There's never there's no one miracle drug. It's typically a variety of things that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are jumping on this bandwagon of essential oils, like using it, which is good. Um, but I'm curious, like the concentration is huge. Like even apples have nicotine in them. It's super low, mm-hmm. but when you have nicotine in vast quantities, it could, it'll make, you know, cause cancer. And I think that's what the issue is with a lot of things is people want to get on these idea trains. Um, 
fully embrace it and uh, eat it, drink it. But the concentrations are just too high. And even viral load with COVID today, viral load, when you're exposed to a lot of it at one time, you're going to be probably more sick because your viral load is a lot higher than if you just got a small dose. Dosage is huge. Concentration is huge. So what, what led yeah. you to believe what, like, do, do you regret taking essential oils, like ingesting it? Or do you think it was still a good idea? No, I think it, it yeah, I think it was a bad idea really? for sure. I think it might've uh, enhanced the issue mm. because I was taking a lot and I wasn't, that's the thing is that you can ingest some. It's okay, I think. Uh, but like, I am not But um, it's concentration. Certified. But it's concentration, right? Yes. Well, I, I was going to say is that there are some herbs that are okay, I think. Um, but again, I'm not like certified in that. So mm-hmm. I'm certified in my own area and I, I just would never tell anybody because yeah, it's just do that. to do that. Yeah. Um, kind of outside your scope of practice. Yeah, exactly. But you hit on like just being, it's all about holistic. That's what I'm doing is that it's not just, it's never just one thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all aspects. I mean, it can go in all areas of life where it's, it's not just this one thing. And I, that's what I hit hard on um, whenever, before I learned about all this stuff is that um, I really just focused on the food aspect of it. I didn't really touch on anything else mm-hmm. in, in my life. And, um, there's also like the spiritual and the psychological Mm -hmm. and there's just, there's so much that you can do. Um, and that's really like, that's like the sweet, you can find a sweet spot and if it's different for everybody. So if you, if I tell a client or something that, um, you know, just try this food or try this herb. And, you know, I heard my friend, um, this worked for my friend, you know, try it too, but it's most likely not going to work for that person because mm. it's not the, the person is very individual you have to look at them as an individual and, well, that, and not that's huge yeah you're absolutely right like so throughout society throughout our world today we always want to find the one solution for mass population groups like one medicine isn't going to work the same for every person it's like we we are there's literally not one person who's alike in the entire world so why do we find one solution for everybody And that goes across the board for medicines that's in the social networking realm, um, public policy, health policy, all of it. We're trying to put people in these boxes when it's impossible to put everybody in the same box to find these solutions because there's no one alike. So like you're saying, you you have one person and the essential oils might work for them or it might not. Or it could cause a crazy allergic reaction and kill them. Who knows? Yeah. But but going to the person is so key. That's that's huge. Okay. So back to um you ingest into essential oils. Bad idea. <laughs> Continue. Yes. So and again, like you said, the essential oils are high concentration. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, you can have an allergic reaction to it. And it's the herb itself, I think people don't realize that the the herb is so strong just by itself. If you make a, a single tea of the herb. Um, it's very strong and you can, it can affect pregnancy. It can affect, like you can be allergic to that herb and you not know it. So why does the tea version sometimes work better than just the essential oil version? You know what I'm saying? So say you have tea tree oil or lavender or peppermint and you want to make and distill a leaf in a tea and boil it and make a tea out of it versus just downing essential oils. What's the difference? Well, um, well, the tea, 
it, I think it, I think it comes to like, it's more of not, um, one is better than the other. I think it, the tea is just enough. Like you don't need to have the concentration of, of the herb. Cause it's like 10 times more. It's like having two cups of tea of that same herb. In an essential oil? Yes. So, like so a it's drop. just concentrate. Right. A drop is that. And so you can really easily go overboard. Mm. But with the tea, it, that's all you need. You don't you don't need the extra. Concentration. It is also really, um, people are very, herbalists are really um, concentrated on um, watching out and conserving the herb. And it's, what you can do is like, if you can make a simple tea and you can use um, like an ounce of tea, leaves. right. And compared to essential oils where you need, you know, a whole pound of the herb mm. to make one jar of it. And, but you can use it by just using the tea. It'll work for you if you just use the tea and it's, it's conserving also our herbs. Cause there's a lot of herbs that are endangered, I guess you could say. Really? So yeah. Like what? Um, golden seal was very overused. Really? Yes. So they're actually worried about the life of the gold. It could go out, you know, it could go extinct, I guess you could say. Really? <laughs> yes. Um, cause people, that's, it goes back oh. to actually, um, you know, the overuse of one single herb and people all get on that bandwagon mm. of turmeric or golden seal. That was a bit, very big one. And, uh, and then everybody buys it and then you're done, you know, it's wow. you, no more. So it, you just, it kind of all goes back to just using a variety of herbs. You know, it's never just one thing. Mm. So. All right. So you ingested it. It made it worse. What happened after that? Um, so then that's whenever I went to, we were in Colorado actually. And Oh yeah. Um, I had a lot of. I still haven't been there. Jeez. <laughs> it's beautiful, and we like I hiked a lot. I think that's contributed to like I I wanted to hike anyway. I wanted to snowboard and anyway, but um I was just very weak and but I went back a week early to Texas back to Texas and um that's when it really kicked in again even more. So then I went to the ER and then they uh, actually misdiagnosed me <laughs> um, at the ER. So it was that bad you went actually went to the ER? Yeah. What what caused it put, to be so what like so was you're you're dumping toilet bowls full of blood and you go to the doctor. So what what happened that made you go to the ER? Um well before that I actually did not go to the doctor. I mean I went to the doctor not, not with bowls uh toilet bowls full of blood. Um before. So like I had went I had gone to the doctor. I think they um just kind of sent me home. I, I'm honestly, I'm forgetting that, that, that two years, but it, the main point was whenever. Probably because of Colorado. <laughs> I a little doobie in Colorado. Hey. <laughs> just saying, man. Forget two years after you get it back from Colorado. I see that. Oh my gosh. Anyway, but. Um, man, keep running with it. You don't got to stop my train. Just keep running with it, man. Jeez. That was a good train. So, um, I went back um, I, for, I lost my train of thought. Uh, I mean, weed does that. I get it. <laughs> you didn't go to the ER immediately or something like that. You didn't go to the doctor immediately with the toilet bowls full of blood. Yeah. Um, it was just about a month and then I, I went. Okay. Like, yeah. But that's when I went been, to the ER. It must have been crazy severe for you to go to the ER. Yes, it was. And I had, I think what it was is that I had uh, tried a lot of different things. And like I tried cabbage uh, juice. And oh, yeah. I had heard about that. And and then I I finally was just like, nothing's working. Nothing natural is working because I wanted to do the about, natural. What was good about cabbage juice? 
Um, somebody, I heard some, there's nothing really great about it now. Like I would never recommend that to anybody. Really? Um, it's just, I had, I think I read that online. It was a Google thing. Were you just so against modern medicine that you wanted to try everything natural? I think so. Yeah. I was pretty hardcore yeah. and I, I, without the knowledge behind it, mm. like I, I didn't have the depth of training or anything before. Um, so I think that was a big deal, but yeah, I went to the ER and then they misdiagnosed me, came back and, um. I think I went to the ER again, like a week and later. They misdiagnosed you that first time in the ER. Yes. With what? Um, it was some kind of. They thought it was some other kind of bleeding, like not not uh-huh. um GI. It was just huh. something weird. Okay. I didn't remember. Like <laughs> like they completely got it wrong. Oh. Uh-huh. Um. But then I think after that, I went back to um. Just I saw. I think I went to the hospital again, like a week later, and then to the GI doctor. And then that's whenever they put me on, um, like I had morphine, even that, that day, whenever I went to the ER the first time, I was just so happy to be on some kind of pain medication. Cause I, I was against even pain medication, like ibuprofen mm. and, and any of that. I just, I really like wanted to s- stay strong on not doing any of that, but there's a time and a place to go to the mm-hmm. doctor. And I, I was way past my time. <laughs> and there's, there are very few people from what I've noticed, um, that have that balance you you're like a, a lot of people i know are either like that where you go so far natural so far herbal so scared of modern medicine think modern medicine is just a sham which a lot of it is however there's a there's a fine balance that you can have and so like a lot of uh natural medicines are a sham you just got to be careful you got to mm-hmm. know what you're doing um and that balance is key in finding the kind of a, a very safe um way to, to practice health to take care of your own body take care of your family's body you know yeah and that's pretty big that's crazy i didn't realize you were kind of that far away from even want to take ibuprofen yeah it was bad yeah i think there was a like i should have gone well before that and um there's always a place i think for a doctor it was good to just get a diagnosis mm. i think that's important to have is like even if you don't agree with a doctor just go get a diagnosis and that that's a that's a starting point mm-hmm. i think for and then you go to a holistic um, or practitioner or something like that where if you want to do the natural route, you can, but it's good to have a starting point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just don't have a starting point. So. Hmm. All right. So um, your diagnosis the second time in the ER was what? Um, Crohn's disease or actually ulcerative colitis and then possible Crohn's disease. They had to do the colonoscopy to figure out. and they, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it was amazing because I felt good taking the uh, the prep colon um, thing because it wipes you out and it cleans you out and it, it gives mm-hmm. your colon a rest. So I think that's so, that's a great. So, so the doctors don't see a lot of poop when they go up there. And they do not. It's all cleaned <laughs> out. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I was just wondering. So it'd be like like five, if I had five cups of coffee in the morning, I could probably do the same thing as the prep. Is that what you're saying? Close to it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm just curious, man. Yeah. Okay, so you got the colonoscopy. Um, what ha- what happened then? They could not actually finish the colonoscopy. Did you and wake up? No, they um they it was too bad to finish. Oh dang! So it was too inflamed and oh, it was gross. Really? Yeah. So they said they were worried of it popping or whatever. So yeah. So they think, didn't finish. Do you think that's what happened? Uh, like one of those maybe popped, and that's what made you bleed so much. No, it was just, it's so, it's ulcers inside of your colon. So it's just, they're bleeding ulcers. So mm. nothing, I don't think it popped. It's just, 
and I could have gone like septic, I guess, but it, oh, yeah. it wasn't there um, yet. And it was just really close. And one of the, the big fears like of, um, of all that is, you know, they're going to start chopping off your colon one by one if it gets so bad. And that was one of the really big uh, turning factors for me, not wanting to be on the medication and all this stuff is, and wanting to go the more natural route is. What, was, was those steroids? Or they want to put you on those crazy steroids? Yeah. And they made me feel real weird. And so. Well, tell me about that. What, why did you not want to do the steroids? Yeah, they, um, it helped at the beginning because it really, it made it not so inflamed and everything, um, which I think is good at the beginning so I can get back to like a base level of, of feeling better and everything mm-hmm. um, and not get my colon chopped off. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, it just made me feel weird. And, you know, a lot of medications actually deplete you of certain nutrients. Um, I think I was on, sorry with the P, I'm actually spacing on what it was called. A nutrient the, or electrolyte? Um, no, the the inset I was on, I think. I anyway, ibuprofen. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but um. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Anyway, so I forgot the question. What but you 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 didn't want to get on that medicine because it was going to deplete you of other nutrients. However, don't you think you're really depleted anyway? Like like you're pretty severe. Yeah. Were you still in the mindset like you, you needed to go natural or is that what the, kind of made that decision? Yeah, I was I was already pretty well in that mindset. Um, I actually didn't realize until going through school that they depleted you of so many nutrients um, at the time. I just knew that it made me feel really weird. Mm. So I just didn't I knew like the effects later of like like they wanted me ha- to have DNA testing so that I get on a higher medication so that I could go in the hospital every month and get shots. And I DNA testing. Yeah. For what? So for higher medi- some kind of medication that would help um, with ulcerative colitis for long term. Because a lot the medication I was on DNA. Yeah. I'm gonna Google this now. <laughs> a DNA medication that DNA testing so that I could get on this medication. DNA it wasn't test that allows for was it ulcerative colitis? Mm-hmm. No internet. Oh, come on. It's going to really bug me now. I'm going to connect this. So so you, you didn't do the DNA test? No, I didn't. Yeah. The higher medication or the strong, I'm sorry, stronger medication. Um, like they talked about not be able to have kids in the future. Just things, oh, a lot of a lot of like that, that um, just deterred me from all that, you know. Wow. And, um, and I already knew I wasn't feeling good with the medication. Um I mean, again, it helped me in the beginning, but then it started making me feel weird. So, um, yeah, I just didn't want to go that route. And I was already into the natural movement and stuff like that. Yeah. that movement? So, you call it a movement now? A natural <laughs> thing. I don't know. It sounds like you kind of found a good in-between, though, or a good middle ground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This article is not telling me anything. <laughs> I'm not going to read this. That's really, that's really long. I'll figure it out later. I'm super curious. All right. So. And after that, I just went to school. So, and then I kind of understood a little bit more. And you, and you see, you've done a lot since you didn't, since, since you didn't want to do the DNA test, since you don't want to do those steroids, you've done a lot to help your gut and it seems to be under control. Am I right? It is. Yeah. I have here and there. We'll have some bouts of flare ups, but. So what'd you do? Crazy. 
to help with control is ulcerative colitis, right? Yeah. Without taking anything else. Yeah. In the beginning, I took the two medications and helped me get to a base level. and um, But then I slowly got off of those. I didn't just like chop it off, you know, no more medication. But I slowly got off with uh, regulating through diet. I had a lot of, um, like, I think in the beginning, I started with raw fruits and veggies. And then I think I was still having a lot of flare-ups. And um, I found out later that the, even the raw veggies are hard to digest to your body. So cooking everything was really hmm. important to break down the enzymes in the, in the veggies because they're really strong. If they're raw, they're, they're really just they have a lot in there <laughs> and it's hard for your, uh, your gut to digest if it's already broken down, if your gut is already messed up. So uh, there's a lot of different types of breakdowns, right? Like how your body absorbs nutrients, mechanical. Um, what's the other one? There's a few different types, aren't there? Yeah. Well, um, it, yeah. If, if your if your gut is already messed up, then you don't have those enzymes there. Like if you don't have enough um, stomach acid, then that can be part of it. Um, and so I, I had a lot of stuff that I would just increase my stomach acid with. You can do that through bitters, like bitters. Um, what are bitters? Bitters are anything that tastes bitter to your mouth. So you oh. put like arugula is a bitter. Arugula. Arugula is like a lettuce, and um, you cook that up. There's just a, there's a variety of things. Um, and the, you can actually take like an herb blend that you take like before a meal, like 15 minutes, and then it starts and increases your stomach acid. And so you're the able bitter, to, so the bitter is what helps increase your stomach acid. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that helps you break down the food. Yes. Which doesn't cause a flare up. Correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Does it do the opposite too? If it's not, if your stomach acid is too much, can you take a sweeter? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, or a nicer or whatever was op- the, the opposite of bitter. Yeah. I mean, normally that's not the case. People don't have too much stomach acid. That's actually not really usually a thing. Well, what are the Tums and like, why would I take Tums? That's actually, this is really interesting. So, um, a lot of people think that stomach, too much stomach acid, um, actually creates like GERD and everything mm-hmm. like that. But it's actually the lack of stomach acid that makes um, that's the undigested food in your stomach. It rises up to your esophagus hmm. instead of so it's your your ability to not be able to break down your food bubbles up. It rises up and then it opens that esophageal sphincter at the mm-hmm. between your stomach and your esophagus. Sphincter. And then it, I've always loved that word. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to actually. Sphincter. I would like to say it. <laughs> You sound so smart too. That's so great. I mean, you are smart, but <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so it rises up because yeah, you it, don't. And it's it it so that that sphincter should be closed all the time, mm-hmm. but because you're you don't have enough stomach acid, rises up and it it loosens that valve. Hmm. So it's not staying closed. Man, that's super interesting. Yeah, that's actually so it's crazy. Whenever you take antacids, mm-hmm. you're actually decreasing your stomach acid. And I'm too loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you're actually decreasing your stomach acid, which in turn is making it worse. So it's kind of down-regulating your huh. stomach acid. So what are some of the other things, like when you when you don't have enough stomach acid, what are some of the other things that usually uh, are kind of come as a result of that? So I say if I have, you know, zero stomach acid, uh-huh. what are the signs and symptoms that I typically would experience? Ulcers. Um, digestive upset, you can, you know, fatigue even because it's all part of, um, you know, if your digestive system isn't working, you're not getting the nutrients you need, you're fatigued. Um, 
uh, SIBO, same thing, like I talked about earlier. Yeah. I mean, it just goes on hmm. and on. And then... Um, That'd be super interesting. The, uh, the, the bacteria, is what you're saying, the overgrowth of certain bacteria... Do they eat up the the acid? Is the, do they live off of the acids? Is that what could is could that could that cause them to have like a stomach to have a lower a stomach acid because of the higher concentration of a certain bacteria? Yes, actually, yes, because okay. it would it just it all kind of works together like the ebb and flow of mm. your stomach to your uh, small intestine. I think it could definitely do that. Yeah. So if you have too much of one growth bacteria, do you take probiotics? Yes, mm-hmm. a certain you can type also- of probiotic. Or just yeah. a general probiotic. Usually, a general like that you find in, in any store isn't very strong. Um, so there are certain uh, bacteria that are like specific, <clears throat> and you want to get a lot of diversity in that so that you're able to fight off. And it also connects to your immune system. So if your uh, bacteria in your stomach isn't very diverse, then your immune system is uh, can be shut down because like eighty percent of your immune system is found um, in your gut. Mm. So. That's like um, a, it all ties in. That's like serotonin. Serotonin. Exactly. It's made in the gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, 90, 80%. 93% or 90% of the serotonin. According to Psychology Today, there's an article I was actually reading today about it. She says 90% of uh, serotonin is actually made in your gut. Yeah. Which is super interesting because like I know SSRIs, they, they're there to help depression in the brain. But it sounds like it's more of a gut issue. Than anything. Have you done much research into gut and mental health? The brain, yeah. It's like the gut is the second brain is what they say. Mm. The vagus nerve on the back of your neck, I think is right. <laughs> um, it, it's like a electrical signal that connects your brain to your gut. It's like having like headphones almost in, on your head and then it, it, it goes down into your gut and they communicate back and forth all the time. It's the like open blood brain barrier. Mm. I know there's a net that protects your brain and it's, it's almost like a mesh. And, um, certain things are allowed in and certain things aren't allowed in mm-hmm. and what can get in can affect your mental health. And man, there was a super, really, really cool, super, super, uh, <laughs> I don't want to tongue tied. There was a really cool article that was super cool. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just make it like that. Um, talking all about that, but I, I, I can't get into the details on it right now, but man, it was all about how the, uh, cause like when you think about it, the, the gut biome is a fairly new concept. They call it the second brain for a reason because it has just as many neurons, if not more, I think, than the brain itself. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is insane to think about. We always separate those two. And that's like, it goes back to the holistic ideas of medicine. Like we have to take bigger approaches to everything. Because say say a patient comes to you, you do your best and fix them up and it's not working. What happens then? Like what else do they do? Because there's tons of people out there who have gone to holistic doctors and uh natural path and um nutritionists dietitians and things just aren't working for them like what do we do what what would you say to somebody who came to you like that so they, they, they say hey listen i've had this issue for 10 years now i've been through 50 doctors i've been through every natural path and holistic doctor in the area what do i do yeah that's really the basic of that is always the same like with every client i would go back to the basics of where's your gut at? Like, what's the, the, what does your gut look like? Do you have a lot of probiotics in there or not? And um, really what you can go back to is like from infancy is just if they've had a C-section even, the um, that can um, influence the future of their gut. Um, they talk about 
you know, researchers researchers have said just having a C-section, you're not able to, you're not inoculated with all the good probiotics. So actually going through the birth canal, mm-hmm. it inoculates you. Yeah. Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And so, um, just out of random, real pause, out of curiosity, when you say researchers, like how do you s- differentiate between what is a good researcher and what is not a good researcher for how you do your practice? Um, I look at studies and how they're done. So for, in your opinion, what's a good study? Um, we on the spot here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause I, so I say that to say like a lot of people say researchers, a lot of people say yes, yeah. studies have shown, but there was actually a, uh, it's funny on the Joe Rogan podcast, he had a guy on there who created um, a study mm-hmm. out of nothing. He just made it up. It got accepted to this journal and then won a prize. <laughs> and wow. it, it was absolutely false. False. Wow. It was all about uh, like gender euphoria and gender identity and uh, transphobia. Oh, it's all that kind of realm of sexuality. Yeah. I think there was, it was, it was like 10, I think around 10 papers. Don't quote me on that, but it was a lot of different papers. And him and his team, we're trying to prove a point that research today is very easily faked. Like anybody can have a study. Like granted, the journals have to accept it. It's a rigorous process to accept a study. But somebody like him who can just submit a, a crazy paper and then he got a, got an award, you well, know? Yeah. So how do we in the age of misinformation and in the age of information, you as a uh, what's your official title? Uh, nutritionist. Holistic, nutritionist. Holistic nutritionist. Okay. Yeah. You as a nutritionist, how do you go about vetting the right studies, the right people to, to make these decisions off of? I have um, followed a lot of people that I trust, I guess, in that realm. Because I, I do, um, I kind of go, I have learned a lot from like teachers and people who I've, I've gone through. And I would actually, I will say that I would love to learn a little bit better about how to do that. And I think you're really good at that. Because I think I'm that's, getting better. I want to learn more, though. Yeah, that's why I created this podcast. Yeah, like I'm doing this so I can learn. Like I've already learned so much from you, and you're my mm-hmm. sister here, and you've 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 already taught me so much in so many different ways. Even as we're talking, so the people that we're having on, like mm-hmm. that's why I want to learn. So you're absolutely right. Like getting people getting uh, together, like just the fact that you say that, like I, I can get better at that, is massive. That's huge. Like there are very few people who are high up in the profession, or even just starting the profession doctors nurses who would say that yeah that's a rare thing sir um, continue yeah no and i i think that's what i want to get better at is looking at specific studies and studying them <laughs> um i have done a little bit of that and i was taught in that in school mm. um but i have really kind of uh just looked to the, te- the people i trust that's mostly mm. really what i've done so who do you trust um there are people let's see Lori rose is the, my teacher that she she taught me and she's give me a lot of sources from that. And there are a lot of herbalists that I've, that I've gone through. And then, um, there's somebody called, um, it's, it's a funny name. It's mommy potnit, pot, potamus. And it's Say that again? mommy potnus. Oh. And she does a lot of, does she do weed? <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> mommy potnus. Oh. Potnit. I just got that actually. How do you miss that? Man? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, my mindset is not there. But why, pot why, is why, an herb, can, marijuana. I know, I know. Don't get me on the marijuana debate. Yeah. You and I have had this. Yeah. Would you do weed? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would try it. Okay. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> okay, move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, yeah, she... What were we talking about? Oh, Lori. Mommy... No, yeah, pot. Mommy pot. I'm talking about pot. Mommy potness. 
but she does a lot of research and there's another one um i forget her name um i just lost her name but um that they they look at the studies and they they and i've gone they were actually shown through my teacher that you know the emphasize so why are, guy, why are they people to have authority in this like what have they done they they've looked at a lot of the research another one i was i'm sorry i don't come at the another you, one you can I, come back to it if you want yeah the another one i was going to say is ari witten and he is awesome he's it's the founder of the energy blueprint and he um what's that it is really a podcast actually oh, it's a podcast yes and he focuses on the mitochondria and how like the powerhouse ener- of the sale yes <laughs> and um the energy what's it called <laughs> the energy blueprint blueprint i'm typing it i'm just kind of, kind of curious yeah he he focuses on um fatigue mostly and like how that affects everybody and it all comes back to the mitochondria because that's the basis of the cell right and everything and so there's so much that happens in there mm-hmm. and if we're not feeding those mitochondria then we're fatigued and there's just so it's like a domino effect from there if that if those mitochondria aren't working this is an interesting website. Yeah. And so he he actually interviews kind of like what you're doing with a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. I mean, all over the world, different views, and a, but, but basis on health. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about health. And I, I love that because he's not like, here's here's my view and this is what I think. Um, he's very much like open to kind of anybody to, to speak. Mm-hmm. And so I think that gives a good balance of hearing both sides of it and able to make your own decision. And then like, here's the research. You know, it's mm-hmm. out, this is, this is the truth. And he, I think he even found, oh, there's a, there's a great, um, I can't, I think it's green, green PubMed or something like that, but it, I can't remember the name of it. Well, but, PubMed is a, is a big science journal. Yes. That's one the, of the most, um, open access journals there are. Yes. I'm just trying to remember that. It's not, that's not what it was, but, um. said green? Yeah. Green something. Hmm. It's, to, is it a journal? Yeah. Or is it a website? It's a, no, it's a website. Well, wait, no, it's a journal. <laughs> Make up your mind. We're going to be talking about this, man. Uh, but it, but it, it, what, what it's about. You don't necessarily have to tell what the journal is, but what's, yeah, what's it, so important about it? It just gives a good balance of both is all I'm saying. With like, like Ari Witten is doing is mm. giving all the research and it's the truth and it's not something get, that's get on that just... Mic. Oh, it's not something that's just uh, made up, I think. Mm. so. Um, but again, it's like anything that's out there is very well could be made up. You know, who do you trust? I know. So it's, and so that's, so that's a super interesting debate I've been researching. (laughs) Um, do we need journals? Like, which I, I think we do. Um, but the, the argument against research journals right now, against making that the only source of how we do health policy is typically like it takes forever to get at, to get it accepted one to get it done two to get it accepted um sometimes you'll you it could be a groundbreaking study that doesn't get accepted because of who knows what because it's really only controlled by a handful of people um and the whole point of all these studies is to get it peer-reviewed people who are in the same <sighs> realm of you so if, if a if a physics uh you know phd or whatever if he creates a study and a um astronomer or natural path comes and peer reviews it it might be a little different than somebody who peer reviews it in the same 
arena, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying if, if the whole goal of furthering science is to fact check and back and, and replicate the studies, that's the biggest thing. Can we replicate the same studies with, uh, you know, a double blind, um, placebo controlled study? That's huge. Um, and the, of course, the bigger the sample size, the, the more likely that it's going to be a more reputable study. And then you look at the citations, like how many, how many people in their field, that same field has, have recited this or have used this in their own work. So if one study that's a, an okay study has two citations by people who you've never heard of, but then another study, you know, asking the same questions has 500 or 1000 citations by people all in the same field, then, you know, that's probably a good bank to go on, you know, mm-hmm. but the debate is why can't we just do that with a blog? Why can't somebody make a study, um, have do all the same parameters, make a, the abstract, make the methods, the results, then conclusion, um, cite all your sources and then post it open access. Technically people of that same nature can review it. People in the same field can review it. And that's kind of the debate right now. Do we need it to be exclusively a peer review access journal for it to further health policy or science in general? Interesting, huh? Hmm, yeah. I, I think like there's so much, Kellen again, sorry. There's so much out there that um, like, again, you, there's debate on even on that. Mm-hmm. Like there's just, it's people are, people are, I think are so done with just the debate. I think in a way and that they're like, when it comes to your health, it's like, oh, I'm just already done because yeah. everything else is. Is that how you felt? Um, somewhat, I think, but I, I think that's more of what people I'm just hearing now. Like mm-hmm. I, I can see myself doing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, when you just want help. Yeah. You just, you're just done. But I think what you can go back to is that foundation of, you know, you look back a couple hundred years ago or, you know, the beginning of the earth, the world, and you see like, how did they live? And you know, what's the basis of what they ate? And, and that's what's hard. We can't. We can only go back so far. Yes. Um, but you can go back far. And they, the way like they lived um, does kind of show you like they were thriving. <laughs> and I think we aren't thriving in the way we should. And I think you can go back and see that they ate the basics of whole foods, you know, grains you, and meat yeah. and vegetables. And you can kind of go back to that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's a good starting place. Like that's a that's a place where you can... Um, you can start, you know, that's not, that's just no controversy really about that. That's it's just like the basics of I, I health, think, right? So what era are you talking about? Cause a lot of eras there, though the health might've looked a lot different. There was a lot of other factors at play, like a virus that could wipe out everybody. Cause there is no immunity mm-hmm. like the plague. So kind of, I'm kind of curious what, what era are you talking about? Are you talking about caveman era? Yeah, I was going to say caveman. Yeah. Where you died of a cold. Well, the thing is, is that they had the, like, like I said earlier, but the immunology in the gut, like everything's, uh, your gut is like the basis of that. Mm-hmm. And so you build that up. That's your defense mechanism. And I know that they, they had more, um, they definitely had more things going on. I don't, I know that there's, there's other things. What do, what do you mean? More things? Um, I know it was a definitely a different, a different life. I will mm. say that. Like it was. Of course, they don't have. I think that there were still viruses and such. There's still bad bacteria mm. in the world in, in that era. However, um, there is, if you think about it, today we have been exposed to more pathogens than in any other time in history, and we've created immunities to those. Whether it's through vaccines or not, doesn't matter. If you mm. travel to a country, 
like it's like that country is its own microbiome. So back then there wasn't all that, there's none of that traveling. So each household, even today, like your house has a, its own microbiome. Mm-hmm. And even with the flu, when the flu happens, um, your flu strain is now designated to your flu strain. So when at a very minute level, and this is, this is a, uh, I'm getting this from uh, a virology course I took or epidemiology course I took in college. We, we debated the flu and um, how it works, blah, blah. But each, um, from what I understand, each area that you're in actually is its own immunity. It's its own herd immunity. You could have, so say a person has, you know, flu B and your household has flu B and say you go across the state, you can still catch flu B because it gets a, and get sick by it because it's a different microbiome because it's been developed in a different way. So like whenever you get the flu and you pass it, say to me, um, that, that RNA and the DNA has been passed to me and it's immunity with it. But the virus has now changed. Mm-hmm creating the microbiome right so now take that same concept into uh the era that you're talking about say caveman era nobody traveled there was a microbiome within its own community so that's why like we don't we don't go to unreached people today because of uh, we could give them all our bacteria and pathogens that they haven't built immunity for See, that's where diversity in your microbiome comes from. Yeah. So that's that's your ability to fight off those viruses. And so I think like going in in your gut. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have different different bacteria, pro, different good bacteria that we have in our gut, along with the bad bacteria. But I'm talking about a virus, which take over those those cells. Well, I, so I was going to say is that they, if it is diverse, then you're able to fight off um, the viruses. Yeah, but the the diversity comes from being in contact, right, with people who have had those viruses and fought them off already. So, like, if you can't get a, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand, um, from what I understand, I'm slurring now. <laughs> I should have brought my water. <clears throat> but from what I understand, like, you can't have that diversity unless you've first been exposed to it. I'm speaking, I'm, and again, I'm not necessarily saying for getting an infection because the infection is, you're right, like, diversity of bacteria is massive but i'm talking about a an outside pathogen that say you know uh, uh, tribes in africa during caveman days which i don't know if that even happened but during caveman days tribes in africa had their own special microbiome and then people in uh, america the americas had their own microbiome if one person came in contact with each other of those two microbiomes they'd probably kill each other simply because of the diversity in what they've been exposed to, not necessarily bacteria, but also viruses. Cause we also carry in our system, um, different solutions to viruses that we've been exposed to flu every year. That's why the flu changes every year because it's, it's been replicated and mutated so that it can infect more people. Right. How do we even get on this? What was the first question? <laughs> well, I was going to say in response to that is that, um, it's not like the, your microbiome and your gut, your own self, it's not that it needs to have that same specific immunity to that virus that you're talking about. It doesn't have to have to be exposed or anything. It's really about you, your own body, and its defense mechanism, your ability to fight off something. So you don't, it's, it's like how strong your body is. And how strong your body is, is shown through your gut, mi- your own personal gut microbiome, hmm. but it's not specific to that virus. It's just your abilities, your body's specific ability to fight off infection. 
no matter what it would be, a virus or anything. Does that make sense? So it's not... I'm not really following now. Okay. Well, it's it's not... It, you're, you're, you have like the, the microbiome in your gut and it's, it's not that virus is in your gut. Like not that specific pathogen that you're talking about across seas or whatever. <laughs> um, in another tribe, yeah. it's not talking about that. You don't have that specific one in your gut, but you have a strong mechanism to fight off that virus because of your strong, uh, specific microbiome to yourself. Like as long as your microbiome, because all that immunity is found in your gut it's building up that uh defense mechanism through you know healthy foods through um exercise through mm. sunshine like that's all building your body up to fight something yeah i totally agree yeah. with that i get that i just i'm 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 looking at more like say we have the bubonic plague uh-huh your ability to fight up your gut biome is probably not going to fight off the bubonic plague you know I think it I think it could. You think so? I think it could, yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think we don't realize how strong it can be. I think your body can fight it off. I think that'd, if it's that'd be a very interesting debate. I think I'm, it's diverse enough. I'm curious now. Yeah. Because right from what I understand, I don't think that's necessarily true. But okay. I want to know more now. Now I want to be up on my things for that. <laughs> I'm gonna be like Googling random crap. <laughs> Frontier Medicine Journal. Let's see what you got. That's also a really cool journal. Frontier. Uh, uh-huh. Mm. Did you ever look at that? Mm. Um, it's all like the leading research uh, that's coming out today. So I was, I went down a rabbit hole on this journal. It's super interesting. <laughs> I'm all about uh, like behavioral or cognitive neuroscience. It's like, how does, how does the brain affect our, our day-to-day behavior? So I'm, it's not, it's less of psychology. I love the psychology of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have like a, I think they actually have a, a natural side. I forget what it's called, but it's research studies on the natural side of things. I think. Um, but you you should definitely check out. That's probably one of my favorite journals. It's open access okay. for, for the most part where you can get it. Cool. You, you definitely check that out. Yeah. I don't remember how we got on that virus. Because <clears throat> neither one of us is a virologist. But I, I know. I, I kind of feel. I, I will say that I would definitely look up some stuff too. But I that's what from like what I've learned. I, mm-hmm. I would say that that would be the case. Along with, um, of course, you would add in things like herbs and stuff to fight off whatever you're fighting off, the bubonic plague. And sometimes it doesn't work, I will say. I mean, it's not like... I mean, but you it, had the bubonic plague take out, what is it, a third or two-thirds of the, yeah. of the so, I mean, entire that's, world? That's a thing. I mean, that it might not work. But I think as far as like your everyday pathogens and things that you're not being exposed to all the time, you are able to... to I mean, I guess that's where the vaccine comes in. You're able... You're exposed mm-hmm. to that certain virus. And then you're, you're able to... Your body sees that as a bad thing, and then you're able to recognize it, be able to fight it off before it actually comes later. And we, we, there's a distinction between bacteria and viruses. You know, yeah, bacteria are they're an organism in and of themselves. Yeah, viruses like they are, they are another animal. Like they need that host, and they they are so smart. <laughs> they inject that RNA into the host cell and yeah. take it over because of the of the the want to survive. It's that's a whole other animal. Yeah. You're looking to, uh, go ahead. I was going to say is that I think it depends again, like how bad the virus could possibly be depending on what the, what your body looks like, what the health of your body looks like. I think a lot of people were worried with the pandemic just being, you know, not very healthy and you know, the preexisting conditions. And I think that plays a huge- Obesity, just not being healthy in general is massive. Yeah. 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 So it's like you're, um, the virus comes and you're not strong enough to fight it, even though it's maybe a weaker virus, 
you know, your if your body's not able to, mm-hmm. it won't. It just won't. So that's why. That's just a good thing in general. Like a virus is going to come and you could die and that's it. But mm-hmm. but I mean, you do have a, you know, you want to fight. If you want to fight, then you keep your body healthy. Healthy. So. Yeah. You're apt, man, that's so good. It's interesting you say that. Um, and this COVID thing. So I got COVID, as you know. <laughs> yes. And um, it knocked it knocked me on my butt big time. I don't. I mean, flu was way worse still, as far as like severity of it. But COVID was it definitely sucked. I mean, I was like at times I couldn't walk because I felt like my spine was on fire, my mm-hmm. tailbone was on fire, yeah. couldn't sleep. Uh, I still have anxiety because of it, which that's like I also had paranoia like for a while. Wow. I thought people were always coming at the house. And, mm. Super weird. So that's why all those cameras I have up is because of that. Oh, wow. Fun fact for you. I'm like way chiller now, but huh. um, I put uh, like uh, the alarms, like I bought like a $15 thing on Amazon. It's just a magnetic alarm where if the doors are opened up, it'll siren. I heard that the other night. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think one of the kids got all of it. Um, but yeah, that's another thing that's coming out, like the the chronic effects of, what, of people who had COVID. Because mm-hmm. I still have anxiety almost. It's not near as bad as what it was, but there, I remember it was probably day. So I got on a Thursday. I forgot. I didn't forget what month it was, but um, <clears throat> I was on my butt. Well, actually, the first day it was, it was okay. I definitely feel this. The next day, I was like, "Oh, hey, I'm I'm almost better." That was that was quick. And then day three, like, <laughs> came in like oh. a firestorm. It was crazy. Um, like I said, couldn't sleep. It felt like almost I had meningitis, where my entire spine and my my tailbone was on fire all the way down. Mm. I was maxing out my Tylenol dose. Um, couldn't really walk to the kitchen um, without not breathing type thing. The doctor actually wanted to keep me. He wanted to admit me to the hospital. Um, but I was like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm still glad I didn't because that bill would have been crazy. Uh, my heart rate was going to like 150, 160 when I walked. Mm. You know, it's crazy. I have a resting heart rate of like 65, 70, something like that. Mm. And it was jumping up just just from walking down the hallway. We we. Caught it at like 150, I think is what it was. Um, and so I was out of solutions. Like I was like, man, I need something. This sucks. Molly, my wife, was was really worried about me. Um, and then I call you and you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll set, set you up with something. And then you, it's probably day nine, I think, or day eight of me just having a terrible time. And uh, you sent me what? You sent me like a, you call it immune bombs and then tea, like something from your garden. Mm-hmm. What'd you, I still don't remember what you sent me. It was echinacea and peppermint tea. Okay. It's pretty simple. And then um, the you, immune You sent bombs, me a lot of that. Yeah. It was just, I think it's, it's different too when it's just fresh. I think it just pull, pulled out right out of the ground. It's strong, you know? Um, and then, yeah, the immune bombs are rose hips and amla and they were just really high what, in vitamin what is C. It? Rose hips. Rose hips. Uh-huh. What's so special about? Is it vitamin C? Yeah, is they're the big both. One? They're both very like high concentration. You can take. You remember tasting? Oh it? yeah, it's oh, pretty yeah. strong. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, it was very strong and um, very tart, and that that tartness, uh, vitamin C. That's the tartness. Mm-hmm. So, how much do you think of vitamin C was it? Um, I honestly could not give you a measurement. They and it's interesting because it's different with each herb, like the concentrations. If they're grown from your garden, it could be higher. If they've sat out for longer, it could be lower. Hmm. Um. So and each even, herb, the, even the rose hips was from your garden. Those actually were not <laughs> the rose hips and amla because <laughs> you have to grind them and powder. Th- so uh, I bought them um, powdery powdered. But um, yeah, I don't have an exact amount. But well, I, was, I was just curious yeah. if you knew. 
No. All I know is that when I took that, so that was on, it was, well, I don't remember what evening it was, but uh, the entire day I sipped the tea that he gave me. Um, the next, and then that night I took the immune bomb. I took however many immune bombs you told me to take. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, like one to two or something. I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was terrible though. I hated it. Um, but I was desperate. Like I was maxing out my Tylenol dose, man. And that's, it was a lot. It was the extra strength too. Um, mm-hmm. And the next morning it, I was almost better. Wow. <laughs> it was like quick. I've never experienced anything like that. That's awesome. And I don't know if that's just me or what, because like um, I had Mrs. White on here and she got COVID too. And uh, she was telling me a little about her experience. She was, yeah, I mean, I was tired for, I slept for nine days, but that's about it. I was like, I slept and not slept and wasn't <laughs> like on fire. I go like, what? Um, so she's 71 or 72. I don't remember what it was. And I had worse COVID experience than she did. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it's just yeah. weird, man. Like the, this whole. How it affects. Yeah. It's different. Which makes sense. Like if, if the virus is transmitting or uh, you're finding different hosts, it's going to be a slightly different virus each time it gets transferred. And so if you get a hundred people down the line, you know, the person who first transmitted patient zero is going to be a completely different virus than patient 1000. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if, we caught it, but we caught it like a different, smaller strains or different strains, whatever it was. Yeah, weaker somehow. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm healthy. Like I stay fit. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I eat right for the most part. Um, I, I inter- intermittent fast. I do, <laughs> you know, I try cause because of that. And I, I was in the healthcare field for seven years. So I was always around this stuff. So I felt like my, my immune system was still pretty good. And I still caught it and it was still a terrible experience, but it's funny how what you gave me fixed it like that mm. so i'm really interested to see moving forward what this is going to look like like the research that comes out of if any research comes out of natural versus non-natural routes to fix it so yeah it's all controversial man like everybody's yeah, way much. everybody's way like who what the mortality rate is mm-hmm. all of that. i don't i don't really care like i mean i do care but it's just it's changed so much of who we are today across the board I mean, yeah. everything has changed, don't you think? Yeah, day, the day-to-day is just absolutely different than did it, anything. Did anybody else reach out to you? Yeah, I had a few. Mm-hmm. For, from For COVID? Yeah, which is, is interesting about um, like the herbs. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know the individual also super well whenever somebody does reach out. It doesn't work um, the same for everybody, everybody, you know? So, and have I talked to you just about energetics and Mm-mm. things like that? Um, well, the basics, the basic, uh, idea behind it is there's, uh, an herb and you have basically like the taste, so, you know, turmeric is very spicy. So it kind of gives off like kind of a hot feeling whenever you taste it. It's also very dry. And, um, so you look at that and then you also look at the person individually, like, how are they? Like, are they, are they naturally cold? Are they naturally warm? Do they get, um, they get mm-hmm. hot a lot. And then you look at that together and you see, you kind of make a balance and you find a middle ground and you see how that affects them. And then if, if the herb fits or if it has a good balance with each other, then, um, that's a good fit for them. So you can look at that with even anxiety. Like if there's tons of different types of anxiety and depression. Mm. So you have maybe somebody who is, um, depressed because they're, somebody a family member just died they come to you and they just can't get over it so you want to give them an herb that would help with that um and you would look at like the specific herb and you would see um 
that those kind of same concepts of either hot or dry or cold or whatever. But then um, you have somebody else who's coming to you that's, you know, suffering from depression because their gut microbiome is messed up or they're just, their, their job is terrible. They're stressed out of their job. And so it's completely two different types of depression. And you would approach those completely different um, through herbalism. And you would look at the person individually, what they're feeling, and then the herb individually. And then you make a an assumption from that. So what would you do for somebody with those two different types of depressions? Like one's acute depression, yeah. you know, versus chronic depression, right? Yeah. So, so what would you do? Um, so there's, again, there's a lot of, lots of different herbs for each of them. So imagine, and, so you kind of know a lot about me. So imagine okay. I come to you, mm-hmm. um, one day and I don't know, I'm, I have this random out of the blue, acute depression. Nobody died, which is also acute onset depression. That's another animal in of itself, but, um, nothing in my life is bad. I just suddenly one day woke up and wanted to kill myself. Okay. Now what? I would definitely look first and foremost before even herbs, actually, I would look at your gut microbiome and see if you are like, if you're having um, enough diversity in your gut and you're having enough probiotics, like a lot of people, um, they don't even take a supplement and, um, or even eat foods. Like you can eat fermented foods that are full of probiotics that give you lots of diverse Mm. diversity in your gut. And that's like the best way to do it because you know, it's getting in there. And Mm. some of the probiotics don't even make it past your stomach because it's the stomach acid breaks it down. So that's, that's the big thing for getting a good probiotic, um, that will make it to your small intestine, your large intestine. Um, so that's, that's huge, huge. I think honestly fixing the gut and then looking at daily life. Like if you're, if you're on the computer all day, if you're at work and you come home and you're, you come back and you're on the computer, you know, things like that, or you're not getting enough sun and you're Mm. not eating the nutrients that you need. Those all just connect to your brain like there's crazy. a lot of, yeah there's a lot of people who who will take massive supplements of vitamin D like in the thousands right yeah eight thousand I use because you really can't get it in our day like back to the caveman thing like they got it all the time yeah. and so we I would probably just say yeah get on a supplement because you're probably not gonna get it <laughs> but try yeah, I've of never course, try I've never know? dealt with anybody who had vitamin D toxicity I'll say that yeah see yeah isn't that crazy you can actually get a sun lamp that you can put inside that gives you vitamin D really it's you have to get a good one that's a couple thousand but it's, like Amazon mm-hmm. Amazon sells them yeah jeez I didn't know that mm-hmm. is it better than um, taking a supplement. Um, uh, yeah, it can be because if you take the supplement and your body is not able actually to absorb the supplement, mm. like if you're not digesting well, you do it through the biggest organ, your skin. Right. So, huh. yeah. I wonder so if I, if I put all those lamps inside my house, like what that would do. Yeah. I mean, that'd be, cool. I've always been curious to try. I haven't actually tried it. I've heard people talk about yeah. it, but Cause we try and keep the windows open and stuff, but like our house is has a canopy you know it's a canopy of trees around it so sun is it, which it's nice because it keeps it cool in the summer but we also like we don't well, granted we don't spend a lot of time inside but um just the shade like i, I love the dark it's pretty great like i'm a caveman <laughs> in that sense i love it dark i love it um if i especially when i'm playing call of duty i'll just i'll show all the shades <laughs> you know yeah. i have my little headset on but um man if i got like a few of those lamps that'd be that'd be very interesting to see mm-hmm. i would love the to difference. document you know feelings like to take a test um for myself for molly for even, even the kids see look at their behavior before and after and see what's changed mm-hmm. you know yeah that'd be very interesting yeah and then the the gut like i you see a picture like on a piece of paper and you see i have i just have this picture just to remind me is having the gut like at the center 
And then you have all these arrows pointing out to all these diseases like um, eczema, psoriasis, depression, Alzheimer's. So yeah. That's that's another big, I hate, is people who think they're smart just based on how they talk, Hmm. you know, or vice versa. And it, it's not about that. Like the people who are, who typically do the most change or in my opinion, like who I would trust with my health, with my family's health, the people who I, who I trust, you know, leading a multi-billion dollar research think tank are the people who continually want to be a student. Yeah. You know, you can be at the top of your game. I don't care who you are. Yeah. You're always learning. But if you're always learning, you always yeah. have that humility to, Hey, I could be wrong on this. Let's, let's bring it back. Yeah. Let's bring it back and see what I'm missing. That's, man, that's, that's the guy I want to become. Like, mm. I just always want to continue to learn. And even it, who knows? I don't know where this podcast is going to go. I don't really care. Mm. Like it, it's documented proof for me <clears throat> one day. If I'm ever at that point where I'm at the top of a field, I can come back and look at podcast two or podcast three and see how I'm talking and then try and remember and not forget my mindset today of just being, wanting to be a continual student, you know? Yeah. So I like that. in your practice, how do you keep, because I mean, there could be one day where you're, again, you're at the top of your game, you're making bukus of money. Do you have anything in place where you have that mentality of always wanting to be a student? Do you have anything in place like a, a check in you that you, that makes you second guess certain things that you thought about? Hmm. That's good. I like that. I... I won't say, like, I think I tend to go on the other side of it anyway, like, where I'm, I don't feel adequate, I think, a lot um, in that. So, but I think, so it's kind of hard to imagine that I would be that. Which is confidence, but the confidence is going to come with time. Yeah. It's just like anybody, like, no yeah. matter what profession it is. <clears throat> so, though you might just now be getting into a lot of this within the last couple of years, um, that's everybody. You could be a store clerk. You could be a doctor. Everybody has that point where the confidence is not really lacking until you start doing it more. And the more you do it, the more you become confident, the more you kind of find your niche. It's kind of funny. Like when I first was on the ambulance, I thought I knew a lot when I got out of high school or when I got out of EMT school. And then you work two shifts, one shift on the ambulance. Like, holy crap, what did I get myself into? (laughs) And then you are comfortable. Like I became comfortable in the ambulance. And then I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm a, I'm a badass. Like, I'm good, right? And then I go to the hospital, the ER, the trauma center, level one trauma center in the area. And it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know Jack. But then you start realizing a lot of people don't don't, don't know Jack. They just fake their confidence. Hmm. Welcome to medicine. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times that's what it is. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that, you know, hey, this is an idea that we have about medicine. So we've been approved for this medicine. Or this is, this is an idea we have about this problem that so we've been approved for this medicine. Um, but it's still a practice and I guess that's what we forget. You know, we're still all learning and that's what many people just refuse to listen to. Yeah, we're learning to the day we die, I think, you know. And so that's the issue. But pride is what I've seen kill more people than anything mm-hmm. in the medical field. The doctors who think they're gods, you know. It's the ones who are, again, who are like, hey, like, let's do some research. It's funny, the researchers, are, or the researchers I've worked with who are doctors, who are nurses, um, who are even like super, like I'm um, super excited about the podcast coming up that I've told you about. Um, she's got two master's degrees, is a professor at a very good college, and she still is like, I want to learn. Like that's why we're into research. It's like, 
So one day, if you get to that point where you're super confident, which you will, you're super confident, you know what's, you know what works, and then you forget that you're not a student anymore, what do you do? Hmm. It's weird, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Hmm. Weird question. Yeah. Because right now you can't really think about it because you're like, I just, I'm just, I feel like I'm drowning, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there'll always be somebody around that will remind you of that even, you know, just... Not all the way. Really, you think... Mm-mm. Hmm. It's who, now, if you choose to surround yourself with those type of people, then yeah. But what happens if, you, if you're always relying on that person? You know? Yeah, I think money gets in the way easy. I think you get wrapped up in that. Well, duh. Yeah. That's, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't mean, not, not duh. <laughs> well, duh. I apologize. <laughs> that was a little rough. <clears throat> God, I'm such a jerk. Um, you're absolutely right. Well, what do you think? How do you, how do you feel? Like that would. Well, again. Me having, so the way I got to, like, for, I was on the pre-med route. I was wanting to become a doctor. Um, then I saw how doctors are and how the medicine is. And how, how a lot of doctors, they're, I'm not, just like cops, I'm not throwing him in all with the bad. Um, there's some, I know some really good doctors. <clears throat> but the way that the medicine has been practiced, the way that they treat a lot of times their patients, that, like, the highest up, the the, the doctor, I've worked with the doctors who have, who are the, the shiznit, you know, they're the people who make all the decisions and they know it. They know that the shiznit, um, I don't remember what's going on with that though, but like, they're the reasons why I've realized medicine is, is kind of screwed up. It's not really about, like, I, it's not really about a protocol or what is right. Sometimes it's like, did the doctor get enough sleep to do the CPR? <laughs> Probably not. So mm-hmm. then they call it, <laughs> they mm-hmm. call it, I've, I've seen that happen before. So, and it's because of the head honcho, they have that right. They have that, well, what's been, they've been given that right to. Um, and that, that's just my perspective as a peon, right? Um, but I think those have left such, those type of situations have left such a mark on me that I'm always, that I've lost countless hours of sleep over those type of situations because I felt like I couldn't control it. And then there's, there's a whole lot of like ethical arguments behind all this well if they if we would have brought them back then um they would have been on a vent and they would be on a ventilator ventilator the rest of their life which that's not a great quality of life yeah blah, blah, blah i get that and in some situations i agree with that but a lot of situations that have happened it's left such a mark on me that like i don't ever want to be that like i think it's a little more ingrained in me but that's also why i have different layers of trying to remind myself that student is being a student is super key to, to actually creating change and not burning relationships and not working with people because you have to, because you want to, because like I can learn from anybody. I can learn from the mechanic down the street who doesn't have anything and knows five words. I can learn from the autistic kid who is just over there playing his game, playing her game, but I can learn from them if I am willing to notice what can be learned. Nobody is at like nobody is a professor and is at the top of the of the game in every field. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that's that's a key a key thing. But, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know, man. Where do you see yourself moving forward as we kind of wrap up? Where do you see yourself in like a few years doing this? Like what if you had all the resources in the world? 
you had the last call to do whatever the heck you wanted, what would you do? I would love to just be, um, you know, have a place where people can can come and like be. I'd love to be on a farm <laughs> one day. Oh, that's cool. And uh, have kind of have it like holistic realm kind of thing where they you can come in and you can take a class of yoga class or you can you know walk in the garden and just be at peace because the garden just I don't know, I think it just speaks I think it speaks greater than anything else I think you can just sit there and um you know see nature and and kind of be relaxed I don't know um and then uh also be able to you know teach nutrition classes and you know so you talk have, to people you have billions of dollars billions that's a big farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to even sell. I love to sell um, the herbs, grow and sell. And honestly, yeah, I would love to just be on a farm. <laughs> mm, that's cool. <laughs> even with all the money in the world. but Keep it simple. Yeah, I think that's... What oh, is that? That scared the crap out of me. It's two cats fighting. Oh, my... How did they pick that up? I don't know. It's, um, it's at 117 is the mark. <laughs> An hour and 17 minutes. I'll, uh, re- I'll review it here in a little while. Oh, that's weird. No, it's good. I, I, I scared the crap out of me. Not gonna lie. <laughs> my, oh, butt cl- my butt clenched a little bit. <laughs> Pinch that off. Um, <laughs> it's too much. You just gotta chill, relax a little bit, man. Just like I was just like you know, like go smoke a doobie or something. <laughs> I'm relaxed. I, I would love to see you high. That's terrible, but I would love to see you high. <laughs> Your look didn't really look confident in that. <laughs> you kind of looked offended there. Yeah, because I'm chill. I can be I, chill without absolutely. without last being night's high. last night's game. You were not chill. You were <laughs> very mad at me. I was just mad at the whole game. <laughs> not specifically you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I had a cool. I want to find a question. I don't know what it was, but man, like, okay, your website is what your profile. <laughs> um, well, you can get my Facebook, and it's Elise Elise Hodges Holistic. Okay, and then my website is Elise. Um, dot hodges um you don't even know your website i don't it's long so what about you use your profile good enough they can find the website on there you can find your website on the profile yeah okay yeah my facebook profile well cool guys if y'all have covid if y'all have uh (laughs) any other issues like elise has had man y'all y'all go check her out at least let her talk to you you know um she's really smart and she still wants to be a student and that's huge Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Elise. Thank you for having me. See you. (laughs) It's fun.